So maybe the details aren't just spot on, but um, you you got the story, I guess. Um, so get your copy of God's Word and turn with me to John chapter 1. We have been in John chapter 1 for most of the month. Um, this morning, I want, I want to talk to you for just a few minutes about the light of Christmas. You know, uh, the biblical truth I would give you this morning is this. Jesus' birth introduced life-changing light into the world. Why do we celebrate Christmas? I had a thought this week that, um, you know, things going around the world, and, and this is this is probably not deep thoughts with me at all, but, uh, just, but just a thought um, regarding our Christmas celebration. Um, could a Muslim celebrate Christmas as we do without offending their faith? Now, before you answer that, you think about it. Because sometimes the celebration of our Christmas is not about the light of the world, it's about the light of the Christmas tree. It's not about a baby in a manger grew up to be a man who gave his life on the cross for us. It's more about what's under that Christmas tree. If, you, if they can separate Christ from Christmas and make it about something completely different, then they can celebrate it without offending their faith. I'm not saying they do, but you understand what I'm saying. We, ought to be, we have to understand the very reason that we celebrate Christmas is because Jesus is the light of the world. Not just to, uh, not just so we can have a celebration in December and a celebration in the spring with Easter, but so that the light of the world could radically change the, the landscape, can change the dynamic of the world as we know it because of His death, His burial, His resurrection, His life that began that first morning. Light is a common theme in Scripture. It's a, it's a powerful theme. And even around the, the Christmas story, there's light. Isaiah chapter 9, verse 2, this prophecy regarding the coming of the Messiah says, The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwell in the land of the shadow of death, of all them a light has shined. And when you look at <coughs> when you look at the Christmas story and you see uh, the shepherds, when the announcement was made to the shepherds, the Bible says that, that, that the angel that showed up to make the announcement, uh, he showed up with, in, in just brilliant light. The wise men followed an incredible star. In this passage of Scripture, John, uh, it says of John that he came to bear witness of the light, to point to the light. To give light so that those who see the light would turn uh, to believe in Christ. And the light of the world coming into the world steps into darkness to offer hope and salvation to all mankind. And so as we think about Christmas and we think about our celebration of Christmas, I pray that our celebration um, exudes the light of Christ in us. Read with me John chapter 1. We're going to read all 18 verses. This morning, again, I think they're all important for us to know and, and to hear. Uh, verse number one, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning 
with God. All things were made through Him, and without Him nothing was made that was made. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. This man came for a witness to bear witness of the light that all through him might believe. He was not that light, but was sent to bear witness of that light. That was the true light which gives light to every man coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, and the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own did not receive him. But as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God, to those who believe in his name, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. John bore witness of him and cried out, saying, This was he of whom I said, He who comes after me is preferred before me, for he was before me. And of his fullness we have all received, and grace for grace. For the law was given through Moses, but grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has seen God at any time. The only begotten Son who is in the bosom of the Father, He has declared Him. Let's pray together. Father, I thank You that into the darkness that surrounds us, You give us light. And you give us life. You give us hope. You give us peace. You give us joy when we trust and walk with You. And I pray today that as we encounter the light of Christmas in, in this passage, once again, I pray that our hearts would be drawn to You. That, Lord, as we listen, that Your Spirit would convict us of sin, that Your Spirit would, would draw out of us uh, those things that, that, that inhibit us, those things that hold us back. I pray, Lord, that Your Spirit would fill us so that we can walk with You, walk in light, walk in, in pursuit of You in all of our days. Lord, I pray that, uh, that each one of us would, um, would pursue You, the light of the world, um, with a greater passion today when we leave here. And in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. As we think about this, I want to give you three things that the light of Christ does in our lives. Now, we, we could, there are more things, I'm sure, but there's three basic things I want to tell you that happens in the light of Christ in our lives. The first thing is this. The light of Christ exposes the darkness. Uh, this scripture says that the light came into the world, but the world did not know it. Uh, the, the darkness did not comprehend it, uh, the text says. But uh, the, the, the Greek says this. The darkness did not overcome it. Though the darkness would try to overcome it. Darkness cannot, when there is the least flicker of light uh, in, in the darkest of places, it, it will illuminate the room. Well, here, when we see the light of Christ, there is this exposing of darkness. Now look, uh, something about Jesus that, that you and I have to understand, it's not just that He, he speaks against, it's not just He speaks against sin, He exposes the darkness by being the perfect example of light, the perfect light of Christ. And so, so when we look at Jesus, we see light. We see the light of God, the perfect holiness of God. And, and so, in comparison to that, the darkness, light versus dark. What, what is this darkness that He 
comes into? Well, darkness is the shroud of sin and, and wickedness which characterizes the world. When you look at, at the entirety of Scripture, it didn't take long for mankind to get into things that, they didn't, that he didn't need to be in with Adam and Eve. It didn't take long for them to divert from, from the walk with God every day in the garden to begin to pursue their own way when they took of the fruit of the tree. They, they began to pursue, and, and Scripture says that, that they were given, they had given themselves to, to the darkness, that they had given themselves to this, this uh, rebellion against God, this sin. And so when, when you get to Genesis chapter 6, <coughs> excuse me, and you encounter this, uh, this episode called the flood, you find that the world has gotten so dark that God looks at the world so dark, so stained and covered in sin, so in pursuit of that sin that it, it says that he, he literally mourned, he literally grieved, he, was, he, had, he wished that he had not even created mankind. And so he sends the flood as, as a judgment against it. That is the darkness that would grieve the heart of God when, when mankind is, is pursuing uh, for itself wickedness and pleasure. Well, when Christ came that first Christmas, um, He stepped in to redeem men. Uh, he, he comes into that darkness, that place that is steeped in religion, steeped in tradition, steeped uh, in, in the superstition uh, of a religious system that it was still in pursuit of greed and power and wickedness and evil. And so it's into that world to which Christ is born. Dark and, and evil. And so Christ comes uh, as a babe uh, to, to, be, uh, to live His life in order to lay that life down on the cross. To shed His blood in order that we might know the forgiveness and the remission of sin. To, to bridge the gap between, between us and God. To, 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 to span that chasm that separates us as enemies of God. And so Christ comes into that darkness. Well, when Christ comes and He begins to live that righteousness, did everybody, else, did everybody just applaud Him? Everybody say, hey, you're a good guy. Come on. No. When He began to teach with authority, when He began to, uh, to love with now, with, with compassion, when he began to demonstrate this perfect righteousness of God, the religious system came against him. He was rejected by them. Why? Because his righteousness exposed their darkness, their wickedness, their sinfulness. And I say to you that just as he stepped in uh, to that society today, he is doing the same thing. That when the light of Christ is proclaimed, when the light of Christ is lived in our lives, all of a sudden, people begin to, to, to experience this, expose, this revelation of the wickedness of the darkness in them. See, in the light of Christ, His perfect nature exposes darkness. Why? Because we realize, we understand through His truth and His righteousness how far you and I have really fallen. Romans 3.23, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. What is the glory of God? 
That is His image, right? The, the, the image of, of see, when we look at Jesus and we see the image of God, the Bible says that He reveals Him in, in all of His glory. How far have we fallen? How was man created in the garden? Y'all wake this morning. Somebody been up really early. He was, he was created in the image of God. He was created in the glory of God. And because of the choice to sin and rebel against God, we are no longer in that complete glory of God. We have fallen from it. Stained by sin. And so, so when, we, when we come into the light of Christ, it, it exposes the, the darkness in us. It exposes the sin in us. And, and really, that's why some run from the light. Because the reality of Jesus' light is very painful um, when, we, uh, when we realize how far we've fallen. Okay? So, so the light of Christ, He comes and He exposes sin. That's why people hated Jesus. Because they came face to face with their own sinfulness. I, the second thing I would tell you is this, that not only does He expose the darkness in our lives, He gives life to men. Uh, Jesus is not like a doctor who diagnoses a problem without offering a solution. That's good news. That when we come face to face and we, the sin in our lives is exposed and the, the darkness of our pursuit is exposed, it's not just so we can see it and wallow in it. Jesus has come in order to give us a remedy through His blood, through His sacrifice. He doesn't point out that failure. He gives new life. Matthew one twenty one is my favorite uh, verse when it comes to Christmas. She said, bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sin. He will save his people from their sin. That, that is the, the epitome of our problem is, it is a sin problem. It's a darkness problem. And, and so when Christ has come, that light has come, not just to say, hey, you're a sinner, but to say, hey, in, your, in the midst of your sin, I'm sending a Savior to rescue you, to cleanse you, to forgive you. And He is the light of the world. We need light. Science tells us, and I'm not a scientist, I'm just, I'm honest about that. But science, science tells us that we need light, right? That the light of the sun, that it's used in the process of photosynthesis for plants to, to, to feed themselves, to, uh, to, it's part of the life cycle. Science says that we are close enough to the sun for it to warm the earth without frying us. Or we, yeah, we're, we're close enough that we won't freeze. We're far enough that it won't fry us. But God's a God of detail, right? Y'all realize that. The light that we have in, in creation that sustains this creation is given by God. And here, even further than this, this physical life we live, Jesus comes in order to give us eternal life. Something that only He to give new birth, new life, something brought about in Christ. He gives life to men. He exposes the sin, but then He gives Himself as a once-for-all solution. 
That's what Scripture says, that Christ came. That Christ died one time. He shed His blood one time for all men's sin. Then He says, Whosoever will may come. So when someone is exposed to the reality of their sin, they need to hear the reality of the Gospel, the hope of, of Christ that will transform their lives. And when they hear that, then they can repent and believe and be saved. So, expose to sin, it gives me life. You say, well, preacher, most of us in this room, we have seen our sin and we've heard the gospel and we've confessed our sin and we've, we've repented of that sin in our life. We're saved. Well, that's not all light does. The gospel has more than just saving effects in our lives. The gospel has effects that are lifelong effectiveness in our lives. And that's the third thing I would tell you he, he does. He illumines the way. He illumines the way. Light illumines the way. It, it is that thing which allows us to come into this room and to be able to see each other. To know who's sleeping. To know who's awake. It, it works that way. And so when we understand that Christ comes to illumine the way, He does not point us in the right direction. Listen, Jesus doesn't stand there like the, like the innkeeper on a little video and say, Jesus lights the way by His presence and His leading in our lives. He, he says, here I am. I am with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. And he looks at, looks at those disciples and he, and he extends that same invitation to you and me today when he says, follow me. See, he's not behind us driving us. That's not the way it's supposed to work. Although for many of us, that's the way we think it has to be. He's actually leading us, lighting the way ahead of us. And calls us to follow Him. So when when this passage says the light is coming to the world and, and that light is the life of men, means that the, the life that we live is to be illuminated, illumined by the Lord. He walks the way and invites us to follow Him. The Scripture says His Spirit leads in the way of truth. John chapter 16, verse number 13. It says, When the Spirit of truth shall come... He shall lead you into all truth. He will lead you into the light of truth that is given to us by the light of the world. Jesus. His Word is given to us as a lamp and a light. A lamp to our feet and a light to our path. Psalm 119, 105. Thy Word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Do you understand the significance of that? Some of you have experienced this uh, walk with the Lord where all you know about where, where you're supposed to go, all you know about what you're supposed to do is the very next step. And your feet are lit. A lamp to my feet and a light to my path. That lamp may not throw the light a long way, but the next step is illuminated. But then, Christ lights that path. He says, this is the way you go. Walk ye in it. 
See, the light of the world has come not to not just to point the way, but to, by His presence, by His uh, His power in our lives, to lead us step by step by step, not just to the point of salvation, not just to get you to come to church, but that every day of your life would be walked along the path in the purpose God has set before you. Letting Him illuminate the way. Letting Him direct your steps. The Proverbs says over and over that many are the plans in a man's heart. But it is the Lord who guides the steps. How does He do that? By the light of the world. Listen, this morning, I, I'll just wrap this up with this. We, we come to a time of invitation. Um, some of you in looking at Jesus, maybe maybe not today, but maybe this week, you've been thinking about Christmas, you've been thinking about Jesus, and as you think about Him, what you find is this, the reality of sin in your life. Maybe the Lord is exposing some sin in you even this morning. Again, He doesn't do it so you would wallow in it. He does it so you would look to Him and be restored. Some of you this morning may need to receive the greatest gift uh, God has offered, the gift of salvation in Christ. What an incredible gift to receive on Christmas and to be saved. I saw a friend of mine yesterday in their Christmas Eve service baptized a new believer in Christ. Others baptized on Christmas Day because of this new gift of faith that they have. There's no greater gift and so the, the exposing of sin in your life, if you are lost without Christ this morning, today's the day. You may not ever have the chance again. Christian, you who've been born again, you're not perfect. I'm not perfect. If God begins to expose sin in our lives, it's so we would repent and return to Him. Be restored in faith. Is He exposing your sin this morning? Is he? Is he wanting to give you new life? Is he wanting to restore life in him? Maybe this morning it's time for you to get on his path in his life. Not what you've created, but what he is calling you out to do. You see, you can live your life and you can give your testimony of faith in Christ and, and you can come to church and you can give to the offering and you can do all these things and you can still walk in darkness. You know that? Because if those activities of your life, if those activities of your life are bound up in what you can do for God or what you're doing for God, then and they're not bound up in faith that has given you, that the Lord has given you new life in Christ, then folks, we're still in darkness trying to earn our way into the good graces of our God. Oh, but grace is not something we earn. It's a gift. It's given. It's a gift that's granted. I want to encourage you time we stop walking in darkness and start pursuing the light of Christ. Not just right now, 
tomorrow. Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday in full pursuit of the light of Christ. Lord, what is that light? What is that direction you're shining for me? To be saved this morning? Come to the light of the world. Lord, is, is, are you calling me out of the complacency that so characterizes my life? Why would you stay there when He who says He will do exceedingly abundantly all above more than we could think or imagine, why would you stay just like you are when a God of heaven says, I've got so much more for you? See, God wants to illumine your way. Take that first step and watch Him light up your world by grace through faith. Father, I thank You for Jesus. I thank You that, Lord, You didn't want us to stay in darkness. So You sent light into the world. You didn't want us to stay in the, in the bondage of religion, in the bondage of, of trying to, to find a way to appease You, in the bondage of legalism. So you sent Jesus. He lived among us. Gave his life on the cross. Buried and rose again on the third day to give us supernatural life. Eternal life, abundant life in him. And I pray today, I pray God you would you would awaken us to sin that easily besets us, that You would awaken us to, to the truth of, of where we stand. God, if we find ourselves standing in the dark, I pray today we'd run to the light. To Jesus, the light of the world. In His name I pray. Amen. Stand with us this morning.